What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 24 of the Antler Up podcast. And on today's episode, Dimitri and I are joined by AJ Iaquinta of Knights of the Apex. And in this episode, AJ talks to us about how he started Coda and archery gear, working on bow setups, arrow builds, and his 2020 plans, and much, much more. Really enjoyed having AJ on. We have a ton of stuff in common, so it was so easy, and it was a great pleasure to have him on. So thank you to AJ for coming on and chatting with us, and be sure to check out his awesome content over at Coda on his Instagram as well as on his YouTube page. Uh, and also be on the lookout for this upcoming week from both of our Instagram uh, pages because we'll be doing some type of giveaway from our partners over at Sever and Easton Archery. Uh, so we'll see what we're going to be giving away for you guys and girls. So just make sure you check that out for this upcoming week and uh, we'll see what we have going for you with that. And so again, you know, thank you to all of you for your continued support and especially thanks to all of our amazing partners. Be sure to check them all out over on our webpage at antlerupoutdoors.com. You'll see uh, who we're, what gear we're all using and who we believe in and are just truly amazing partners. And we thank them so much uh, for helping support us and support this podcast. So Onyx is the number one hunting app that lets you know exactly where you stand. And I'm less than two months away from the Utah Archery mule deer hunt in utah and i've been dropping tons of waypoints and dimitri and tim and i have been sharing them all with each other and that's just an easy feature to use that you can use with your buddies with your family members wherever you're going hunting that doesn't matter where you're hunting and it's easy to label too for what you're putting your late uh, waypoint there for so there are many awesome features within this onyx hunt app and uh, man for 30 bucks i'm sure it's the one tool that you'll be using most this upcoming season so check out onyxmaps.com and download that number one hunting app Gearing up for the whitetail season is just around the corner and First Light has everything you need. You can start with the best merino wool base layers. You can wear like the furnace that is perfect for the colder days and the kiln for midweight uh, that I use for early to mid season. So next, then you can move on to that solitude kit that's finally back in stock. And that's perfect from temps in the low four, like 40s all the way down to the teens, depending on that layering system. Amazing quality, amazing products, and amazing people. So check out all these items over at firstlight.com. And to go back to what we'll be doing for a giveaway this week, uh, you know, go to our website, click on Sever Broadheads link on our partners page. Once you're there, uh, man, you're going to see those early season discounts that's happening right now. Uh, you can get the code uh, Titanium7 to receive seven broadheads for the price of six and then also free shipping. We talked a ton uh, about those broadheads. We love them. Great people. So make sure you check them out uh, for yourself. And again, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We really hope you enjoyed today's show with AJ. Uh, Love this conversation. I think you will too. It's just a fun, fun session that we had. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And uh, till next time, Antler Up. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. And I'm joined by AJ Iaquinta from Knights of the Apex. AJ, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Uh, pleasure to be on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I, you know, like I said, I've been following before we got on air. I've been watching what you've been doing on social media. It's been a really fun page to follow, and uh, you know, like we just said too, we have a bunch of things in common of of interest, and uh, I'm excited to get get a chance to talk to you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, checked out a couple of episodes from you guys and seemed like, uh, you know, we, we like all the same things. So I'm surprised <laughs> we haven't linked up before. I know this is going to be pretty fun, man. Well, Hey man, thank you for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, you know, without further ado, tell us who, uh, who you are, where you grew up and how you got into hunting. 
Yeah, for sure. I grew up uh, in uh, Long Island, New York. My family, uh, my grandparents owned some property up in the Catskills. So we spent every weekend that we could up there uh, during the the off seasons. You know, we do a lot of dirt biking and four wheeling and things like that. And then come hunting season, whatever it was, you know, we were we were in the woods. So I grew up uh, in a hunting family. My dad and my uncle and a bunch of his friends were big bow hunters and they were really the only bow hunters in the family. So I, I just I always had this vision of, you know, they were all very in shape, like just alpha kind of guys. And they'd always come back with their bow in one hand and uh, a deer in the other, you know? And uh, so that was always just like the, the, it just to me always had more of an appeal uh, than, than gun hunting did. Um, and then kind of, as you do, you know, in, in high school and college, I was uh, busy chasing other stuff, but uh, <laughs> after, after college, you know, and uh finally got settled into to my career you know I had a little little more jangle in in my pocket and got back into bow hunting and uh, I just found that I was getting really frustrated being reliant on other people and on bow shops and things to to do all of the work on my bow for me it seemed like everybody that I hunted with we all had the same mentality like my bow's good don't touch it don't look at it you know you're always paranoid god forbid something looked a little off when you got into the stand right Um, so for me, that was just so counterintuitive to how I was raised and how I grew up where, you know, everything was my, my dad was uh, in construction and it was always beginning of the day, end of the day, take care of the tools, you know, you maintain them yourself as much as you can. And then when you get to whatever job you got to get to, you're as prepared as you possibly can be, you know, there's always going to be twists and turns, but at least your gear is squared away. And that's just what I applied to, you know, sports growing up. I played lacrosse, now bow hunting. I just decided like I can keep dumping money into gear and into paying somebody else to do stuff, or I could just take the leap and start investing in my own hunting career and and just, you know, get a press, do all that stuff and uh, just start working on my own stuff. And, uh, it's been really rewarding. And and one day I decided, uh, it's kind of funny because I had these ideas, but I didn't really have like the execution. So I was like, my friends, uh, my bow was actually, I was waiting for some limbs to come in. So I didn't have a bow. And uh, I had some friends that were like, dude, just like start a page and start taking pictures. And, uh, you know, I, for me, I, I grew up mostly following kind of the, the gun industry and doing some competitive shooting. And there's, there's so many gear websites and, you know, review pages and tuning and just such like talented photographers in that space. Uh, but there's not really a ton of that now there's definitely more, but even as much as like two, three years ago, there wasn't a ton of that in, uh, in the bow hunting space. So the photography thing was something that like, I just kind of found that I really enjoyed doing and it just sort of spiraled. And I think now it's kind of funny because that's probably what uh, my page is known for, uh, most it's kind of like infotainment, like the photos are cool. And then, you know, maybe you get something out of like the tuning or whatever I'm working on, but, um, (laughs) Yeah, it just kind of evolved slowly. Definitely a lot of work put into it, but uh, it's been so rewarding. This community is just great. Yeah, man, I I agree. And I, it's funny you say that because about building and working on your own own bow and everything like that. Like we go to a shop down uh, where we live in central Pennsylvania called Miller's and Bryce, and uh, everybody down there really takes good care of us. But you know, during this mm-hmm. lockdown, um, it's something where. I was like, man, I, I really want to start tinkering a little bit. And yeah. like, like you said, and, and just being self-reliant uh, on being able to, hey, if something does awry, like, you know, if you don't know how to put a D-loop on, then like, you know, you're struggling. I had a buddy of mine, Jim, and so I bought some tools. I bought a um, 
uh, the OMP. Uh, the Vice? Yeah, there we go. The Bo, yeah, Bo yeah. Vice, there we go. Um, <laughs> that's so the I'm, one everyone picks up too. Yeah. It's always the OMP. That's yeah. like the first thing. Yep, so I bought one of those and I know they're pricey, but man, that thing's built like a tank. And It is. Um, funny you say it is about working on your bow and it was during the lockdown. I was just in my backyard where it's only like 15, 17, like 15 to 17 yards depending on where I stand. And I, I draw back and as I'm drawing back, um, I'm only about an inch and a half into my draw and then ping, I watched my arrow go just like lobby over and I look right down on my release and I see it didn't go off. And then I look mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, my D loop just broke. And I'm like, yep. holy cow. <laughs> and that's the first time that's ever happened to me. And I'm shooting a VXR. It was just put together in February. Yeah. So it wasn't too long of of using that, that D loop. So I just started tinkering with learning how to do it. And, uh, man, I, it felt such an accomplishment, uh, just being able to do it right and be zeroed in. And, uh, so yeah, man, I, that's why I really want to talk to you a little bit of, you know, how you're helping out your friends. Now I see that you get some of your buddies bows, you do, you're doing up arrows. That's something that I, that's something for me. Uh, I love to do, I love getting up some arrows and, and, um, I've made up some for Dimitri over here and, uh, he's been shooting great with those. He actually just Robin hooded, some yesterday so i gotta make some more for him that's one of those things that uh you're really happy and sad (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like it kind of had like for me like watching it because i'm like well i didn't shoot it so i'm okay with making them more but i'm like made me feel good because i'm like yeah that was our tune really nice I've got a buddy up in New York and he, uh, he's gotten real deep into, into bow hunting. And he's, he, for a while, he was sending me a photo. He sent me three photos. It was a photo every week. And he had a new Robin hood and he's like, is this normal? Cause I can't afford this. I'm like, one, that's not normal. Yeah. And two, pick a different spot, bud. Yeah. Like, what? yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think the nice thing about building arrows, if you think about fly fishing, you know, people like to make flies on their pastime mm-hmm. and then they can kind of see which flies work best for them and arrow building's no different you can kind of just tweak a little bit and it's almost like a craft of what you're creating and seeing how that works with your bow so i think that's the kind of intriguing part that most people are getting into the arrow building for themselves absolutely and i think you know like you said i think it's a great kind of like gateway drug because it's you know you can experiment there's so many different veins on the market now and a lot of good veins and you know you can buy a pack for sometimes 10 15 bucks you know fletch up three arrows and then you know like i keep a a boot of kind of old arrows with just different combinations and every year if i'm trying a different broadhead or if it's a new bow or something like that just experiment with those things because that can actually drastically impact your group sometimes uh, with just that little change alone, you know, you don't have to necessarily get like a crazy new component for your bow. That's, it's a great way to just start messing with your own stuff. Yeah, man, that's, that's really cool. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, but before we do talk a little bit about your page and like what, you know, a little bit behind it, a little bit behind like what the Knights of the Apex means and, uh, just kind of give, give us and our listeners kind of that, that little quick backstory and just talk about that. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, the, the page is really, it's, it's really just kind of me doing stuff that, that I like doing in the archery space. Um, you know, I always, uh, I always enjoy like brands that had kind of like cool logos and, and cool sort of auras about them. Right. So I, uh, you know, the, the Coda and the, the logo, I just figured if I'm going to create something, let me at least, 
you know, let me try and, and make some sort of like brand out of it. I don't, I, I want to eventually grow the page to a point where, you know, it's not just me, there are more people involved with it. And, and it is like a, a true community, but the, the logo I literally just made, that was the first thing we threw up there. And it was, uh, you know, it was, it's actually just a bunch of rectangles, triangles, and circles assembled on PowerPoint. Yeah, I, remember on you, I, remember, I remember seeing that post not too <laughs> yeah. long ago, right? That wasn't too yeah, long ago yeah. that I had that. Yeah. That's so cool. just, uh, you know, super ghetto rigged, no, uh, no fancy software editing or anything like that. Um, you know, and then Knights of the Apex was just, uh, you know, I really liked the four letter, uh, you know, kind of acronym four letter names for a company. I think those are just really catchy, you know, Yeti, um, you know, there are countless others out there and, uh, Knights of the Apex, I, I grew, uh, I've graduated from UCF. So Knights, um, and then also, right. Like, uh, hunters as hunters, we're kind of, we're both predators, but we're also the protectors, uh, at, at the same time are the apex predators right so we're kind of at the top of the food chain both protecting and hunting the same animals um you know that that we are trying to conserve so it's a little bit uh of a play on that as well and then code is just a, a catchy kind of you know acronym for that so um but the page itself yeah it's you know the the photos and everything on there it's for the most part it's it's just real time like this is i'm working on either my stuff or my buddy's stuff uh, and i'm i'm just trying to take as cool a, a, a photos as i can to kind of get people amped about like working on their own stuff and and doing their own things and uh that's definitely it's been uh, I think the page has been called, uh, it's been called archery porn. It's been called archery Pinterest, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can kind of just scroll through that page and, you know, D loops, peeps, different ways of tying things, you know, different arrow combinations, vein combinations. Um, you know, I'm, I'm by no means, you know, uh, uh, the greatest hunter on the planet, but I, I just have time to tinker with stuff and, and I'm an analyst by profession. That's my nine to five. Um, and uh, I think I, I have a, a little knack for just looking at things analytically and, and dispassionately and like, this is what's working and why and what's not. And I think that's important too for everybody when it comes to setups is uh, don't be married to your current system just right. because it works good enough. I think uh, a lot of guys, they limit their potential just because they're afraid to mess with anything. Um, when really there's, there's so much more potential in the tank a lot of times, um, if you're just willing to get out of your comfort zone, like maybe you're, you're, you've only shot a wrist release, but you want to move on to a handheld release. You know, maybe it's, you know, you, you want, you know, that maybe you're not, not everybody's as fortunate as us that has a good, I know I have a good bow shop, but if you don't, you know, and, but you're afraid to start working on your own bow, get that press. You can always resell it. Uh, and if you don't resell it, it's going to last you the your whole life. So, uh, it's not like these, these presses go bad. So, um, that's really what the page is. And then, you know, we've branched out a little bit. I've started doing some, uh, YouTube reviews and and trying to kind of develop the video part. Um, but it's funny because the, the photos, you don't have to scroll too far before you hit some photos that really are not good quality. Uh, you know, the, that whole aspect of it has really grown with the page and it's just, you know, me developing that. And I think the, you know, YouTube and video space will be the same thing. Um, just messing around. I didn't have a real camera until a couple of months ago. Um, so, you know, when, when people were like, what, uh, you know, what camera is it? It's just my phone. Um, <laughs> you know, Lightroom app goes a long way and yeah. the right lighting, um, and just the right assemblance, the kind of pieces, you know, you can make, uh, who doesn't like taking pictures of their gear. So, um, 
and maybe that's something that uh, that I might get into a little more too is is some stuff on that because uh, I think everybody likes taking shots of their bow when you're you're stuck in a tree for 10 12 hours a day and, and come November right yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely and man I, I really like the idea how you're helping out your buddies working on your bow on their bows and then um, I mean because one not only are you getting that, kind of hands-on work, getting better working on that. Um, but you're getting that gratification because then when they do something well with it, um, I saw one where, uh, you did one on your buddy. He bought a VXR, I think not too long mm -hmm. ago. Um, you know, and you, you showed up some more pictures of that and man, that's like rewarding. Cause it's just kind of going as small as me making the arrows for Dimitri. And like the first time I saw him shoot those and like his first couple, they're around the bullseye. And like the one that I made was boom, right there in the bullseye. And it's like, you know, I, I know a lot, it's a lot him, but it's just cool to see that. And it was just like, man, that's awesome. And, and it's just a cool, rewarding thing. And like I said, it's going back to as little as the D loop to the arrows. And I think yeah. that's awesome for you to, you know, you're helping out your friends by build, like constructing the, like their bow build entirely. And that's something where, man, if you have, uh, you know, the, the, the crowd for it, uh, you know, you have your mm -hmm. friends and, and like I said, it, it's something that, uh, you know, it, it could go a long way for you. And I think the crowd has been the really surprising part. You know, we, we hear so much that social media is like a toxic place. And it's so funny to me because it's been the complete opposite in my experience with, right. with Coda. It's, you know, the comments are, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know what, how this kind of happened. It was sort of organic, but it seems like the audience is very, mature just in you know most of them engage with me and through dms and comments and things like that and i more often than not i'm able to respond and uh but it's like you know there's a lot of different ways to tune a bow to build arrows you know everybody's got a different threshold of kind of where they determine their rate of diminishing returns are right like some guys go way deeper into their arrow builds than i do um you know and some guys are, are totally contentious pulling a box off the shelf cutting them and gluing in some inserts, you know, and that, they'll probably kill more things than I do in the fall. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, but uh, I think, you know, the, there's definitely, that's been really unexpected to me. It's just like the community aspect of it and people like sharing their experiences and little tweaks that they've tried. And uh, that's been really cool too, because now I get to pull off of not just my tinkering, but also literally people around the world. We've got some, some guys in South Africa now, um, Australia, Europe. So that is, that's something that, you know, we're all bow hunters and we're all trying to just better ourselves. So that's something really, really cool um, that I definitely didn't expect. Right. That's awesome. I remember we had a listener ask about our podcast when if we did other platforms and I actually got us on a different platform just because a gentleman was from Australia and he wanted yeah. to listen from that, from a different platform. I'm like, you know what? Absolutely. Like if it could get it out to, to more listeners. And I mean, I was, for me, like you said, it's just like, wow, that's awesome. Uh -huh. You know? And, oh yeah. And, and those guys, especially those guys in Australia and South Africa, I pull a lot of, uh, um, motivation from those guys because the environments that they're hunting in, oh, especially yeah. the guys that are hunting hogs, very similar to kind of what we do down here in Florida. So I'm trying to, you know, apply some of those lessons, um, on, you know, uh, to, to down here. It's, it's really cool to talk to those guys because there's a lot of killers in those yeah. countries, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, speaking of hunting, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what's your typical season or this past season or what's changing or, you know what I mean? Just to kind of give, like you said, you see a ton of 
of the photography. You see a ton of the gear reviews and you do such an amazing job. And, um, I want a little, you know, tell us a little bit more about your hunting and, uh, like what, like what's your main focus? For sure. Fun is honestly yeah. my main focus. Like there's the hunting down here in Florida is still something that's very new to me. You know, I only moved down here uh, a couple years ago and uh, it's such a different environment than the rest of the country. Certainly different than what I grew up in, in the Northeast. Um, you know, we've got hogs down here, we've got deer, but they're different. They're not the same type of, you know, they're not the same um you know, mentality is kind of the, the white tail deer up in the Northeast and the Midwest. Um, you know, we got, uh, there's so many invasive species too. When I go down South to, to Fort Lauderdale and Miami and stuff, and I visit some family down there, they've got iguanas and things like that. So I'll bring my bow and we'll, you know, we'll hunt invasives and, and which honestly is a lot of fun just for staying sharp in the off season. But, uh, and then hogs, you know, there is no off season. So, uh, you know, our, our, we've got a, a buddy with, uh, with a, a cattle ranch. So, you know, we'll hunt that pretty regularly. That's really our main spot. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll hog hunt on there and then come the fall, the season's pretty long down here for whitetail. So we'll do a bit of that, but I mostly focus on, uh, on up North and, uh, our family's property for whitetail hunting. And then I try to do a trip to the Midwest at least every other year with, uh, the other guys in the family. We try and all link up, do kind of a guided hunt with a, with a cool outfitter. Um, and we try and do that at least uh, every other year. Um, but now, uh, as kind of through the page, actually, you know, I'm, I'm meeting more and more guys out West and, uh, really trying to, to gear up for maybe an antelope or mule deer hunt, uh, probably in the next year or two. So. And let's take a quick break and thank our partners over at Stokerized. And I'm using the Stokerized M1 Hunter 14 stabilizer. Uh, it's that micro diameter stabilizer. It's perfect for eliminating vibration. I personally noticed the benefits of this specific stabilizer since I shoot uh, with my tight spot quiver on. My bow feels perfectly balanced at full draw and again, zero vibration uh, in that hand shock. Awesome people, made in the USA, made right here in Pennsylvania. Check out the new M1 series and everything else over at stokerized.com. Now, did you feel more prepared growing up? You, you talked about your dad and some of your family members being more into archery. I know for a lot of people, that wasn't the case. The older generation was more into the gun hunting. I know for, for mm -hmm. us as well. Um, so for myself, I felt like I was a little bit behind the archery when it became more popular. Now that you had that experience early on more than most people, did you feel more prepared uh, later on? Actually, no. I think, you know, they were successful, but they were successful because they were great hunters. You know, it, it wasn't the archery aspect of it was almost secondary to the fact they were just really good hunters. You know, like they were hunting Dan Fitzgerald style, like 90 pound bows, finger tabs, <laughs> you know, kind of deal. Like it, there was no technique. And really up until you know, five or six years ago, there, there still wasn't a ton of information out there as far as like proper shooting technique and form. Um, you know, I, I think it, it wasn't until social media got big, which was really like, you know, when did Dudley and Levi start making videos? It was like 2012, 2013, that, uh, that we really, that a lot of people realized, Oh, I don't have to struggle like this, right. you know, and I, those guys really paved the way for even people working on their own bows. I think, cause I, I don't know how you would have learned a lot of this stuff before the, you know, the advent of social media and YouTube and things like that and, and learning from different people. There's still guys 
that are using kind of outdated techniques just because they're not in those social media spaces to see like how things are doing. So it, it wasn't completely alien to me when I got into bow hunting, but at the same time, um, because I was on social media, I was able to pick it up much quicker. So I had the lessons from my dad and then I had the lessons from the pros that are out there. And I really just went into it with a blank slate and just applied those fundamentals. Um, you know, I think Dudley's got the master's class on Absolutely. YouTube, you know, his school in knock, I think for 99% of the population, if you don't know what you're doing, you go there. And by the end of those eight weeks, whatever it is, you're going to be a better shooter. There's no question about it. Um, so for, for me, what was hilarious was I, you know, those guys were, were great hunters. And then, uh, I would go home and I was smoking them on the, the, the three range, you know, like I was shooting two, three times as far as they've even conceived, you know, like 40 yards was a four shot, far shot for them. Right. right. Like that was the absolute edge of their comfort zone, which was okay because we were hunting it was thick deciduous hardwood forest, right. 20 yards and in was your average shot. 30 yards was like, you were good. If you could hit 30 yards, solid. Yep. exactly. You know, now we're practicing at a hundred, 110 consistently, um, you know, gr granted, I'm not, I'm never taking a shot at an animal. I'm still, you know, 50 yards and in, and then even then it's depending on how like jittery are they and whatnot, right. but still being able to have the confidence to shoot at those distances, it just makes it so much easier for me. I'm a head case when an animal's in front of me. So I'm trying <laughs> to mitigate as much target panic as I possibly can when the, it doesn't matter if it's an iguana or, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> the biggest white tail I've ever seen. I'm shaking when I come to full draw. Yeah. Well, yeah, go ahead. I think that's the biggest thing with, with practicing is just because we're shooting 80, hundred yards in practice doesn't mean that's what we're going to shoot at an animal with. And I don't think people quite understand that if you can shoot well at 80 and a hundred, when you shoot at 20 and 30, they're going to be chip shots and that's going to make you more confident. And especially if you are, uh, getting the, the, you know, a little jittery when the animal's in front of you. So, you know, practicing the things that it takes to shoot 80 yards and a hundred yards is really going to help calm you down and make you more confident when that animal is right there in front of you. 100% and combine that to what we were talking about before with working on your own stuff. Like there's a lot of things now where if I get into the stand, like if I go in at dark and it's light out and I notice something's a little off, I know right away, this isn't going to affect me at the distances I'm shooting anyway. Right. I'm, you know, I'm at ease. Whereas in the past that would have been in the back of my mind the entire day, you know, and if I had, if I miss or I made a bad shot, that's what I would have blamed it on when it could have had no impact whatsoever. Right. Um, so yeah, it really, you know, practice and, uh, you know, working on your own stuff, it, it, it does, but there's so many resources out there now, um, you know, in this quarantine, Levi Morgan's got a whole new series that I think is just phenomenal. Um, you know, and, and I don't give, I'll, I'm willing to share like what I do for shooting, but, uh, you know, if you look at a target line, everybody is consistent anchor points and surprise shots. But after that, everyone's got a slightly different take on the gear that they're shooting on where their anchor point is on even their stance. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, you, you know, you, you take, 200 special forces guys they've all got slightly different gear loadouts right yep. i think it's just you know archery is a mental game it's about catering your gear 
to what works best for you mentally. Uh, there is no one definitive answer. Right. I went from playing baseball being a huge mental game to picking this now. And it, like, yeah. it, it is, man. And man, I, I'm ecstatic that you said that, that a few years ago, because I'll be 33 here at the end of the month. And when life finally slowed down for me and I was on my feet with a job and getting things situated with my family, I wanted to get really back into hunting. And this is, I, mm-hmm. I mean, this is couple, almost 10 years, like 10 years ago. And I would say about eight years ago, I was like, dad, I really want to get pick up the bow again because that's my love. It was the first time I ever shot a deer with a bow. It felt unbelievable compared to shooting an animal with, with a rifle. So when that time came, my dad lives three, you know, two and a half hours away from me. So yeah, I didn't have that to go right up the road to him and be like, Hey, like help me out here. Like what's going on. And like, boom, I came up across like knock on Dudley and it was on his YouTube channel when he was doing like that old school knock on TV stuff. Yep. And I follow that. And man, I was, I was practicing. I, I got better and better and better. And it was just like, it was just a, such a cool, unique thing. And that's, I've said this a, a couple of times on the podcast. I'm like, man, I know a lot of people are either knock on or knock it off. And I, I get that. <laughs> um, but at the same time, and like, you got to appreciate that. Like you said, there's free content out there that could help you become a better archer. And I missed a few bucks a few years ago because of, like you said, my, I, as soon as like an animal came, I mean, you talk about buck fever. It's just like, things just went like out the window. I don't even remember. I just remember going off and being like, what just happened? You know? And, uh, I think back to last year, man, I, two years ago, I didn't have that opportunity to, to shoot, shoot a whitetail the year before I did. And I got a nice big mature doe on like the opening day. But last year was like, I put in the work, I put in the effort. And when the time came, man, I, I went through my process. I slowed it down. And I, I mean, he's, I know he's, behind me there that you could barely see, you know, but like at the same time, I was more happy that the process worked. And, uh, like, I just remember being up there and, and feeling confident and calm and cool. And then just boom, when you hear the break and the, and the bug went raw, I was like, man, that's a great hit, you know? And that's where, again, like the process went through it. And I, I'm really glad you said that because man, if, if I didn't have, Dudley a couple of years ago trying to follow that man I would be behind right now and you know I still mm-hmm. struggle there's days where I'm I can't uh, you know I'm like what am I doing and then there's days where shots where it's you know I'm missing here it's it, it's a quarter size and you feel good but that's archery and that's what I love about it and that's where uh man it's it's such a cool unique thing where we you could come on and share this and and with Dimitri and uh so that that's awesome stuff that like you said it's just kind of growing that community of, of all these different archers and I think it's great because everybody's got a slightly different take. And I think also you go through different seasons of, you know, what is working for you and what's not. And even just like physically, you might have things going on that like, I know for me, my stance, I'm squared off to the target a lot more than most archers are. Because for me, I, I, I've never had a diagnosed, but I know that if, if I'm in a traditional shooting stance my front shoulder is not stable it's almost like vibrating and okay. i think it's because i broke my collarbone when i was younger and my shoulder sits a little higher so i don't know if it's just in a weird place when i'm at full draw 
but, uh, you know, I had to shorten up my, my, I had a, luckily, you know, there's a, a local pro at, uh, at adventures, which is my local range here in Tampa. And, uh, you know, he saw me shooting one day. It was just me and him happened to be there. I think it was like, uh, it was one of those weird holidays that we had off. And, uh, he told me to just shorten up my draw length a half inch and square off a little more. So I was actually putting more weight into my back and my lat, um, and, I was able to keep my shoulder down, my front shoulder down. And I was so much more stable in that shooting position. But if you looked at that on a camera, you'd probably say, well, that's not right. And it's, it's not how a lot of guys would teach it, but if, if it's working, then it is right. You know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's archery such a funny thing, man. And, And that's another thing like, I'll, I'll post videos sometimes of my buddies that they're killers, you know, but their form's not perfect. You know, they're even sometimes their gears, not totally squared away. And people will DM me and be like, dude, how can you do that? And I'm like, bro, I've seen this guy make shots. I'd never be able to make on animals. So I'm not going to screw with his stuff because it's working for him. Right. You know, like I'm not going to tell him his stabilizer setup stupid. <laughs> if he's, you know, if he's dropping whitetails at 50 yards consistently, yeah. like I'm not going to do it. Well, we have the uh, physical therapist here too, so we can talk about that go. off air. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, now you talked about going out west every other ever to the Midwest every other year. Where uh, where have you gone, and uh, have you had success, or family member have success in the past? Uh, so Kansas and Iowa are the two the two states that we've gone to the most. I get I've been skunked consistently in Kansas. It seems like we time that trip wrong every year. Um, <laughs> I had, uh, we had a great time. We were with, um, Hickory Creek outfitters last year and they were a great outfit over in, uh, I think they're in McCune. Uh, so the Southeastern tip uh, of the state, um, saw some big deer over there. It was just, it seemed like everything kind of broke a little later last year, uh, at least in that area. So we were there, I want to say the first or second week in November and we were seeing those big bucks, but they were hanging out primarily on like the edges, right? They were cruising in the, in the thickets. Um, you know, they weren't, the big boys weren't chasing does yet. Um, they were just kind of cruising. So it was, uh, it was still a great hunt. Um, you know, I haven't been, I'm saving up some points right now, but I think, uh, Iowa's either going to be next year or the year after. Uh, and then, uh, we've got a couple of guys actually in Ohio. Uh, they've been, uh, some of us have been, uh, going over there. So I'm probably going to mess with that state too, but, but there's big bucks and a lot, even where I grew up on Long Island. Long Island's got, a, it's a secret spot that nobody knows about with monster deer in it. And you'll never see them because they, they're so different. They, they're so used to people that they just stay still. Yeah. So they'll live in, you know, it, it seems like it's impossible for a deer to live in. It's like 20 square yards in someone's backyard. But, you know, if they, if they know a person's around, they will just stay still until you leave. And I, I know plenty of guys that have said they've gone into their stand in the morning come down at night and there was a deer right next to the, where they were the whole time. And they spooked them on the way out. Yeah. Um, it's that urban hunting, man. Urban hunting. It's cool. I want to, it's funny that of course now I don't live there anymore, but, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know Jimmy, uh, yep. Garaput of, uh, yep. yeah. Hunt free. Yeah. He was um, on he's originally from there on. too. Yeah. He was on yes. our podcast early on. That's cool. Yeah. That's we, right. That's right. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's been a pretty cool, cool thing for us because, 
uh, we're heading out west, and this will be our first first trip, and uh, we're going for mule deer. And you know, originally we could go over to counter for, in this unit for elk, but for the uh, t- duration of our hunt, we're, we said, you know what, let's just focus on mule deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I'll tell you what, once you finally say you're doing it, it's actually cost the cost isn't the big thing. Like at first, man, I, I just remember always being like, there's no way I could afford it. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. Um, but until you say like, I'm doing it, there's a way. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's actually not that bad. So we, we kind of came to the decision where we, you know what, with this duration of time, we're going to go focus on, on some mule deer. Um, and, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll kind of transition to things here. Uh, we, we plan on hopefully stopping by the Easton warehouse if we have that opportunity. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, so uh, let's talk a little bit about like some of your gear, what you're running. And, uh, I, I see the sever t-shirt that you have that I have as well. (laughs) So I want to definitely talk about some broadheads. And so what's, what are you running? What's your setup currently? Yeah. So right now I'm running, uh, this year I'm shooting the PSC, the NXT 31. Uh, I, I I run the shorter axle axle bows just because I don't always know like where I'm going to be hunting. So, you know, sometimes I'll hunt a buddy's property and he's like, you know, I've got this ground blind, but you, you don't know if you're going to have the headspace or anything like that. So I just like running the shorter axle axle bows. Um, it's uh, I'm a 28 and a half inch draw. It's a 70 pound bow. Uh, and then uh, I'm, I've got a spot hog fast Eddie XL. Uh, I really like the spot hog sites. I like the, the only reason I run the XL and I actually run it all the way in, but the only reason I run it is, uh, I used to do this with, uh, with rifle scopes too, but if I'm traveling, if I'm flying anywhere, I'll just take it off of my bow and throw it in my carry on bag. So I know it's not going to, cause a lot of, you know, I've just, I know too many guys that have gotten off the airplane, gotten their bow out and their, their sights bent in. Um, it seems like that's the first thing to go. Uh, and then, uh, Hamsky rest and, uh, I've been messing with a whole bunch of stabilizers, but they've all been uh, quattro archery out of South Africa. Um, I know uh, the owner over there, Hanno, and he just makes some really, really cool uh, stabilizers. They've uh, He's got some wooden ones that are all kind of different grains, but then he's also got these really cool carbon fiber. It's like a unique weave pattern to them. Okay. Uh, and for the money, they're just ridiculously nice stabilizers. So that's um, awesome running those and then uh arrow wise i'm i've been messing around with the bow hunter six fives yeah uh yeah and i like them a lot i like the components a lot i've been running 125 grain points and then uh four fletch the new uh easton bully veins the parabolic veins uh in a four fletch it's about like a two two and a half degree helical um and that they have been grouping equal to the axis setups that I've run in the past, which the axis has always kind of been my, my go-to arrow. It's just, I mean, I think for most people, that's probably the staple yeah. of the Eastern lineup. Um, it's just a, a good, heavy kind of do it all arrow. Um, but I wanted to, to just mess with something new. And I, I liked the components on the, the bow hunters, just the, having that nice thick collar. Um, and so far I've only taken some small game with it, but they've held up really well. They've flown really well. Uh, and at hunting distances, I can't see them, uh, being an issue there. Maybe my setup's only about 10 grains lighter than my axis. So, um, I'm a little, we'll see for hogs. I'm a little concerned with penetration just cause they're a little fatter than the axis are. But, um, uh, yeah, but as far as heads go, uh, 1.5, 125 grain severs. And then, uh, on my axis, um, I really like the, the 1.7s, okay. um, the APs. 
That's what I was thinking about running for my mule deer hunt was the 1.7s, mm-hmm. the APs. Yeah, the, the they're just a little shorter feral, so just a little less wind drag. And it, on animals, it seems like it's it's pretty equivalent, but they they just penetrate really really nice those one sevens. Yeah. Um, the two ones, I mean, I had great luck too. I killed a bunch of hogs with those hmm. the standard two inch severs. Also, I mean, when those things hit something, you know it. Like yeah. you you hear it. Well, and that's where Dimitri and I. Dimitri took uh, he tagged out during bow season this past year, taking the two point ones. Um, tell talk about yours, Dimitri, because then I'll talk about quickly about mine. Yeah, I know for my my buck uh, that which was just late October, uh, double lung my buck at about twenty five yards, and I mean the the entry and exit wound people couldn't tell which one was which of just how big both of them were. They're like, oh, that must have been the exit. I said, no, that's actually the entry, and they were just amazed of how bad that cut was. And especially my dad, he was with me, and when we went mm-hmm. to track the deer, and we're looking up the hill, and you could just see a foot wide of blood probably, you know, 40 yards as far as you could see. And he goes, holy cow, look at that blood trail. And I said, yeah, we don't even have to really bend down to even look at it. And we walked up 60 yards right to the deer and never even had to bend down to look at the leaves for the blood trail. And then, you know, with my doe, I shot a little bit back on it, you know, so it wasn't the greatest hit. But I mean, with that 2.1, just doing so much damage, she ran again, probably 60 yards and I could actually see her bed down. So I just waited till morning knew exactly where she was and you know she expired probably within 40 minutes before i even got out of the tree but i mean even a bad hit you're still you know getting the animal so they're just incredible yeah and i mean even for my deer this past year like i said earlier but after i i went through the process i just watched the my uh my nocturnal knock go and i'm like that's a hard shot and he, the buck just went Murr. Echoing what Dimitri said, I mean, it's uh, wider than than my shoulders wide, and it's just a path right to this mm-hmm. deer, man. And that, that was with the two point ones, and um, you know, I I can't say enough great things about the Sever broadheads, and like you were saying, the one point sevens. I'm excited to run those on our mule deer hunt, and kind of like you were saying, it's that small smaller feral, and uh, for that low wind drag. So hopefully, hopefully we have success with those as well. So that'll be a pretty cool thing to see. And for the last break of the day, let's thank our partners over at Cobra Archery. I'm using the Harvester release. It's a thumb trigger release. And what I love about it is the UTS unified trigger system uh, that you are able to manage the length, the angle, the rotation of that thumb trigger. Uh, And you could do it simply by quickly by securing it into position with just one screw. It's built like a tank. It fits the hand really nice and uh, total adjustability. It's why I like it. I think you should give it a shot over at cobraarchery.com yeah there's definitely something to be said you know i I know a lot of guys stress pastors but i I, that big entry wound it shocks me every time how quickly the the severs open up and i've yet to hit something where they didn't open up yeah i i hit a hog um it was probably the second animal i took with the 2.1s and they uh i was actually with my wife and it was last light we were packing up the the stuff and i was like all right like they're not coming um and we 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 were actually uh we were in kind of like a ground ambush spot uh over a feeder and and we look up and i go there's one right there and uh you know i I just 
it was, I was starting to, to kind of like lose, uh, just lose light in my peep a little bit. So I, I put it and I ended up, it was a 40 yard shot and, uh, I put it right in where the, the hogs, uh, shield is kind of right. I just followed the leg up kind of deal. I right. didn't, uh, I didn't put it back enough. And, uh, I saw how much was uh, the arrow was hanging out when it kind of turned and took off. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is going to be interesting. But sure enough, less than a hundred yards away, it was just laying there. Um, you know, it was, it, it, it didn't get a lot of penetration, but it was enough to, to put them down. Yeah. And at that time, I think I was shooting a 70 pound bow too. And it was, it was only a 450 grain arrow. It was nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, those things, they've, they've been really impressive. And, and Sever's just been a great company. They started actually the same time I started the page and, uh, you know, I, I was just really intrigued by the design and I just, you know, just reaching out to them on, on social media and uh, then finally I met him at a, at a trade show and we just kind of linked up from there and right. uh, just a really cool company, big fan of uh, what they've been putting out. It's, it's funny, Dimitri, you asked about the, the guys that, uh, you know, my family members, you know, they all were the big fixed blade, heavy bow guys, you know, and then now they're all shooting, you know, severs and mechanicals and they've all got, <laughs> you know, Carter releases. So, uh, you know, things, things change. <laughs> they can evolve, right? You could, you could teach yeah. an old dog some new tricks. <laughs> Well, I think with those severs, the greatest thing is, you know, you talk about finding a broadhead that shoots exactly like your field tip points. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that shoots exactly where your field points. I mean, I know you have practice mode, but, you know, after you try it once or twice and see it's hitting right where your field points are, you don't even need to keep hitting that um, sever into the target because it's, you know, it's right on every time. And, you know, even after shooting two does with the same sever that tip was just as sharp as when i pulled it out of the package so yeah. it's just amazing yeah. of that product yeah, and you replace those blades and yeah. and you know the you say the you know you talk about the being able to hit with your field points i don't think that can be overstated because like i love messing with my my setups but there's some things like i just don't enjoy messing with right and what a lot of people don't think about is with certain fixed blades or even with certain mechanicals the more surface area you put on the front of that arrow it's going to change the way that arrow responds when you shoot it so a lot of guys when they they you know their bows shooting lights out and then they screw a broadhead on there and it's they can't get it to group or it's grouping you know three inches left or three inches lower or whatever it is right right and it's because just that combination of broadhead uh whether it be the surface area whether it be a, a lower quality broadhead um you know it's just not tuned right for either that cam or the bow or uh you know you might have to to move your rest but it's so nice just being able to you know if my buddy calls me and goes hey we're going hunting tomorrow I can grab a pack of severs, you know, just make sure they're, you know, just do a quick spin test and then walk out, you know, throw them in my bag and I know tomorrow morning they're good. Yeah. Now I know with the uh, bow hunter arrows, we have like that orange outser that's coming mm-hmm. on those. If, when you talk about your access, did you have anything going on as far as that FOC and all that type of stuff? I've messed with a couple of different things. I'm not personally, I'm not a big like FOC guy. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it has its place. I'm not, I should, I should clarify. I'm not an extreme FOC guy. There you go. <laughs> I've messed around with, yeah, I've messed around with arrows with as little as like, I shot two total archery challenges last year with axis arrows, no collar standard inserts and six fletch PM 2.0 veins. Like they had, I think they were like 6% FOC Yeah. and I shot, I shot great. You know, I don't, so I, 
I just, I don't buy the whole, the, now granted, right. I was having a Kentucky windage, a lot of those farther targets in the wind. Right. But like I had practiced with those arrows so much, I knew where my holds kind of were with, you know, with like my setup now, which is more like 12, 13% FOC it's grouping much tighter in the wind and a, with a lot less effort. Right. So like FOC has a place. Right. Um, but that's the other advantage with the axis arrows is they're kind of like that, that diameter. It's kind of like a, a Glock or an AR. You can add whatever accessories you want. There's so many companies now making sleeves or uh, collared inserts or, um, you know, half outs and, and different things, you know, Easton and other companies. I know, um, uh, um, iron will makes, uh, a lot of really good high quality components. And even if you like the weights, uh, I've talked to, to bill over there and I know he's making like the hit inserts, but he's making them out of titanium and then a sleeve. So the sleeves only 10 grains, which that's not going to, you know, 40 yards and in, that's not really going to affect your, your point of aim point of impact. Um, but I would say that those sleeves and those collars definitely do increase the durability of the arrows just from what I've seen and, and talking to guys and, you know, having shot enough of those. Right. Well, you know, I'm going to transition to that other end then of the arrow, just because uh, I know it's one of your buddies is uh, Kyle Davidson with the DCA. Um, Good dude. Yeah. He, uh, he made my latest wraps for me and uh, man, I couldn't be more happy with those. They look sweet. I'm definitely going to order up some of those. So uh, what do you have some of the, his wraps going on? Cause I was always using a bunch of knock on stuff. And even to this day, I still use a bunch of his, uh, of John's AAE, like max style veins and stuff like that. So, cause every time I try to go on and get some new of those, the bully veins like that, every yeah. time I go on, I want the white they're sold out every time. So, um, but yeah, yeah man. so are you running some, some of his stuff on the, on that back end of the arrow? Oh yeah. I've got a, he made a custom wraps for me. Um, you know, just with my logo and like, uh, it kind of matches like the logo on, uh, how it is on Instagram. He's got like a, to a topographic design on there. And, uh, Kyle's a good dude. I, I met him. We were talking back and forth for a while and we finally got to, to meet at uh, ACA last year. And, uh, we've been talking since, but he's, he's an engineer and he's one of those guys yeah. again, right? Like talk about depth. I don't know anybody that goes deeper into arrow builds than that guy does. I know. I, like, I, I messaged him too. I'm like, Hey man, I'm like, we're going to try to ha have, have AJ on. I'm like, after that, I'm like, we would love to have you on talk a little bit about arrow tuning and just getting set up. He's like, all right, he's, he's a little busy. So I'm hoping, hoping we could get him on just because it kind of continue with this. Oh, he's crazy busy. And I like people will reach out and ask me like, if I'll do arrow builds for him. And I'm like, like, honestly, like I don't, it's just not something I'm sure I kind of want to get into. And if you do, Kyle's already there, yeah. you know, so like <laughs> he's, you're not going to get a better product than, than what that guy's got. I'm definitely in the middle again, because going back, right. Like I know I'm shooting severs for the most part, right. Like I I'll keep maybe one fixed blade in there. Actually for small game, I've been messing around with, uh, with just keeping a sever in practice mode, it doesn't make a difference. I'm going back to just using the normal sever, but uh, <laughs> leave, leave that screw out of there. I thought for some reason it would catch and it wouldn't bust through. It didn't work. It just blew through every animal. Yeah, anyway. but, sure. um, <laughs> but yeah, I kind of, uh, I, I kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of that arrow building where like, I, like, I don't go crazy. Like I don't spine test or anything like that just because again, right. Eastern arrows, they're consistent enough for me that I'm hitting a pie plate at a hundred. No, anything after that, it's on me. I can't yeah. see the arrow making a difference. Right. right. Um, so, you know, what I, what I will do is I'll knock tune versus doing the spine indexing. 
Um, so like all that is, is if I know if I have a flyer, right, I'll just turn that knock to that next position in the, in the veins. And I'll just keep doing that until it's grouping with the other ones. Nine times out of 10, that works every now and then, you know, you, you nick an arrow or, you know, one has a, a component that just is a little out of spec or something like that. But, um, but that's the difference when you order a set of arrows from a guy like Kyle is he goes that extra effort and he goes deep and that doesn't, he's sending you. That's like your, you know, your hand load, you know, from yeah. the, the, the grandmaster kind of deal. That's pretty um, cool. I love it. No, I, yeah. I, like you're saying, he made some custom antler up, uh, wraps for me and, uh, they're really cool. They have the logo down there at the bottom and then throughout they have the antlers all on it. And I, I couldn't be more happy with, with, with the, his product for sure. So I definitely want to get some more ordered up. Um, you know, just quickly, we talk about, uh, you mentioned a little bit ago about the total archery challenge. Are you, I know with COVID it kind of, uh, put a wrench in everybody's plans regarding that. Are you able to go this year at all or to anywhere or, or no? I'm planning on, uh, I don't have a knock time, but I'm planning on going out to Utah at the end of July, as long as it's still going on. And I'm going to go and just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to just hang out. I did that last year. Uh, last year I actually did have a knock time. I ended up picking some up. Um, you know, it was one of those things Dudley actually posted someone dropped out and I grabbed a spot for that. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, uh, last year was my first time doing total archery challenge. I did, um, I did Vermont with, uh, with my dad, which was really cool. We did that Friday morning and it was a super fogged over morning and it was so cool just being on the mountain fogged up. We didn't see another soul on the sick, of course, for whatever reason, nobody was on it at yeah. the time we were. Um, and then, uh, Utah was the Utah one was just so great because it's, you know, that's kind of the Mecca of the archery world right now in terms of like companies. I mean, you've got black rifles, got some of their offices there, Easton's there, Hoyt's there. Uh, there's so many mountain ops. There's so many other companies there. So it was cool because you're walking around and you're almost getting whiplash and you're like, wait, I know that guy. I know yeah. you not actually know them, but you know um, who they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know who they are. You're like, Oh, that's, you know, that's so-and-so that's so-and-so this Randy Newberg. That's Corey. Like it was just such a, a crazy experience. Um, and there were a lot of guys where like you're like staring each other down and you're you're kind of like, are we internet friends? Like how do we <laughs> how do we know each other? And then sure enough, it's like, oh you're you know, you're tank seven three or whatever. Oh, you're nice. Like yeah. so many of those experiences. Um but yeah, it's just such a, have you guys done one? Yeah. So the knock on shirt. Yeah, yeah. So we did one last well, I did one last year uh at PA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, RPA one for this year was supposed to be a few weeks ago. And we have, yeah. uh, we have a sponsorship going on the knock on course this upcoming year. Um, mm -hmm. but it, it sucks because it's right smack dab in the middle of our Utah hunt. Um, uh, so like for right, like where the, the new date is. So basically yeah, yeah. when we get back, I'll probably just go up on Sunday just to, I probably won't even shoot. I just want to go just to kind of show face basically because we're going to do a bunch of giveaways from Thursday through Sunday with all our, from all our partners and sponsors and all that stuff. Um, but our buddy, Mike, who's, who's involved with antler up and one of our, our members, he's going to, um, basically be running house there. So it'll be, it'll be cool this, to see. And man, I, it was something I was really so excited about, um, just to do and, and just watch the, the, like, hopefully watch us grow a little bit just to meet some more people. Um, uh, but just to kind of not necessarily like 
man, I didn't even care if we grew in a sense, but just to kind of be in, to meet people. That was like kind of my big thing. And it kind of, it's a bummer that that kind of got to the wayside. So I'm hoping, like I said, that if we get back at a decent time, Friday or Saturday, we could, I could still at least drive up for Sunday morning and just kind of go say hello. I know it's that last day and a lot of people are packing up and leaving, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I encourage everybody. I know there's, I'm sure like total archery challenge, there's only so many events they can put on during the year. So I know there's other companies coming out trying to kind of do something similar right. too. And I think that's just great. Like, it's just such an amazing event. Yeah. Uh, just, just to get hunters because they, we travel, right. Yeah. So like you'll, you'll meet guys from across the country you know, I, I met guys there that turned out to be from Florida that went to the same, you know, shop that that's I cool. did. So yeah, that's um, where, that's, I mean, that's where even I met our buddy Mike is involved. Like he and I shot together and we're like brothers, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it was like, we just kind of hit it off. And like you were saying, we, we met another individual group that was ahead of us where they shot Vermont, they shot PA, they were mm -hmm. going to go do somewhere else. Like they, the guy was doing like half of the, the shoes. I'm like, wow, man, that's good for you. Like you got a good wife, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. his wife was with him shooting and stuff. I'm like, cause Man, I would have put the kibosh at that real quick, but uh, yeah, man, it's 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 a it's a fun shoot, and uh, you know, it's another shameless plug for me to say, hey, we're going to sponsor up, uh, you know, one on the knock on course, and the option to pick which course we wanted to have a sponsor target on. The whole man, like Dudley, does so much for archery. It's like I would be honored to be just like, oh, hey, wow, you know, the antler up sponsored, you know, shot number fourteen on the knock on course. Like to me, that's just like a big deal. I don't know. I, I agree 100%. I think, yeah, you can, uh, it's funny how like in this industry, it seems like if someone gets too successful, like people like to rag on that person <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know what that yeah. that's about. Uh, I hope to get to that level one day where uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just have haters for no yeah. reason. But, uh, cause yeah, I, I got to, you know, I, I just met him kind of in passing. We had kind of coffee one morning, black rifle was in, uh, it set up in the parking lot in Utah. They had their big truck there and they were just handing out free coffee. So I'm just kind of standing there, you know, drinking and, and Dudley had his, uh, his trailer there. And sure enough, he just pops out and he's having coffee with a couple of us. And, uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's just a good dude. And I think he's, he's elevated, even if he hasn't, even if his content hasn't kind of impacted you personally, I think it can't be understated what it has done for the industry as a whole. Right. In, it just, you really, because he pushed that bar forward. Like if he didn't start making that content, maybe Levi Morgan doesn't make that same content or a similar content, or maybe so-and-so doesn't make similar content. Right. And, and I think there's a new generation of guys too. Chris B does some great videos and stuff also. And, uh, and that's the other cool thing in these events. I think people don't realize like when you go to, uh, even outdoor shows, like pay attention to like who's around and who you're talking to, because it might be the same guys that you watch on YouTube literally all the time, yeah. um, without you even knowing it, you know? Uh, but it's cool because like everybody that I've met, at least the super down to earth, you know, there, there's, there's no egos there. Um, when we were at ATA, you know, people were hating on kind of the, the quote unquote influencers of the industry now. Um, but really the only jerks I met were the guys that were on TV. So it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing bad to say about, uh, you know, about any of the, uh, the YouTube guys, but, uh, it's just such a cool event. You get to talk to people and pick, pick people's brains. And then, you know, who knows, you meet a couple of guys that are doing an elk hunt and maybe just tag along for that or, yeah. um, and it's just a test of skills. How can you be total archery challenge? It's just a fun course. You're yeah. on a mountain, 
you take a ski lift and you get to launch arrows at 3d <laughs> targets yeah man you know, you're gonna a, lose a couple arrows it's gonna cost you some extra money but <laughs> it's it's a fun unique experience man i definitely yeah. agree that's awesome well, cool man well what uh what's uh what's 2020 have in store for you Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. I think, uh, you know, the rest of 2020, um, probably going to be doing, you know, the, the Instagram page is, is going to be kind of where it's at, you know, like I, I love doing all that stuff and sharing it through photos. I want to invest more in, uh, in, uh, doing some more of the video side of it. I, I really, I don't know. B-roll is just a lot of fun to create kind of those slow-mo buttery gear shots. Um, and, uh, you know, just do some, probably some more reviews when, uh, when some of the new bows come out, I've got a bow build video, uh, coming out soon. It's, it's ready. It's just, uh, the bow that I actually built up has got some prototype stuff on it. So I'm not allowed to, to publish the video yet, but as soon as I get the thumbs up from the company, um, then, uh, then I'll release that. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, just going to be scaling up and, and growing on, on where we're at right now. Hopefully, you know, some of our plans got screwed up because of COVID, but, uh, you know, get some hunting, hopefully more success. I had a lame 2019. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, you know, get some whitetails on the ground this fall and uh, just, uh, yeah, more, uh, more of kind of where what we've been doing and just growing on that. Awesome, man. Well, we're just shy of that hour and I, man, thank you for so much for coming on. And, you know, I, I think this is a really good conversation. I, I love talking to you. Um, you know, where could people find more about you that, you know, that don't know, uh, what you're about for sure thanks for having me on it's uh, it's been an honor it's a great talking to you guys as well yeah. and uh, you can find me on uh, nights of the apex that's nights with a k uh, on instagram and uh, you'll see the little coda logo that's uh, a black and white logo and then same thing on youtube and then uh, nights the apex.com is uh, the website and we've got some merch and stuff on there too and uh, that's where you can kind of support the support what we're doing Awesome, man. Well, there's even things like now that I'm like thinking about that I know we didn't really touch upon, but I would love to have you on even as we get closer to deer season and and as the summer kind of winds down a little bit and, uh, um, you know, just talking a little bit about, I know you had some bourbon barrel products on on there and I know we got Johnny coming up hopefully in the next couple of weeks, but um, yep. man, I, I'll tell you what, it's... Uh, like you said, social media, it's, it, for, from our standpoint, I agree. It, it's been a positive thing. Um, I, I really love your content. I, I, hopefully off air, I could pick your brain a little bit more just, to, I'm getting a new camera. I just ordered it. <laughs> I ordered that sucker yesterday. I got a Sony, uh, a 6,400 coming in just because of the, um, bud, you know, bud, pick. yeah, just for, because of that budget range where I'm at and, uh, uh, I'm excited. So, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on, dude. And, and, uh, those for you listening, go give AJ a follow. Um, it's awesome pictures. It's awesome content, really good reviews. So, uh, thanks for listening everybody till next time. Antler up. And again, that wraps up another episode of the Antler Up podcast. AJ, thank you for coming on. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed this one. If you like what you heard, please go give this a five-star review. It really helps us out, helps us continue to grow. And uh, man, thank you again to all our partners. Uh, it, it just truly means a lot that we have your support. And again, everybody, if you need anything, feel free to reach out, message us, let us know, uh, maybe some other topics that you want to hear. We are actually going to be conducting a mini series regarding Western style hunts. So uh, make sure you give that one a check out uh, these next couple of weeks. We have some cool guests coming up. So thank you again, everybody for listening. Thank you for the support till next time. Shoot them straight and antler up.